and welcome to Melden Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Melden Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in Fort Lauderdale and Ocala, Florida. Today is Friday, November 27th, 2020, special Thanksgiving week edition of the show, Jeffrey. And as always, so glad to be sitting here with my mentor, my friend, my boss, Jeffrey Melden. Yeah, well, we made it through Thanksgiving, so uh, that's amazing. Amazing, we did, and uh, here we go. We got a big game tomorrow. Uh, Gators play Kentucky. Uh, high noon on ESPN. We had the big win. Well, you know, Vandy always plays us tough. It seems like. I mean, throughout all my years as a Gator fan, they always give us a tough time. But we pulled away. Trask had another great game. What are your thoughts about tomorrow? I think it's uh, another statement game because we're at home. And uh, now's the time Trask has to uh, pass for another five or six touchdowns and <laughs> keep, keep the momentum. Now, he he always says, well, it doesn't matter if I throw for 10 or I throw for zero. I just want to win the game. And I, I believe him, but I kind of think he wants to get those stats, too. Well, <laughs> anyhow, I'm very positive. The, the key this season, I think, is going to be how is this team going to build towards playing Alabama? That that's a whole different story. We'll have to see how that goes. I know you've been to uh, those SEC championship games many times in the past. That's a lot of fun. Absolutely, we have uh, <laughs> our whole our whole gang will go up there. The Hootons and uh, the rest. of Probably the this guy we'll be talking to later in the show. Uh, we'll tease uh, our, our our upcoming segment, Mr. Rondi Filippo, a guy very well known. I have a feeling you and he will uh, do all kinds of things up there. Anyway, uh, you are watching Melden Law and Friends, and we changed the name of the show last week. Uh, we had been Melden Law Talk the first three weeks, but really, Melden Law and Friends is really more descriptive of what the show is all about. Yeah, and that leads us into uh, our guest today, who's one of our friends and mm-hmm. works uh, very hard uh, to make Melden Law um, out there on the map. Mr. Brandon West, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. We really appreciate it. And I was looking at your bio on your website. It's FOS Creative, right? That's it. P-H-O with the, the long, long over the over the O. Long O. FOS is the Greek word for light. Okay. And it looks like you've accomplished quite a bit as a young man. So tell us about the history of FOS. <laughs> I am 34, Brandon West. Um, FOS was started out of my home office, which I find really ironic in 2020, given that most of us are working again from our home office. (laughs) Uh, At 34, uh, we've been in business now for seven and a half years. FOS was founded out of our homeland here in Gainesville, Florida, headquartered here. We have 15 people on the team, and we have. We've accomplished quite a bit, but it began with me sitting at my desk and building websites. I was a teacher for... Uh, four years at Cornerstone Academy, a local school here in town. And um, after four years of teaching, I had this little side gig going where somebody here in (laughs) in town pushed a business to me and said, hey, I I think you could build this website. I had built one for my church. I had built one for a friend. And then I had charged a friend for one. And I realized this is actually a business. And uh, we started with just me working out of out of my home office. My wife would bring me hot cookies in the afternoon as a as a treat, and uh, I hired my first person. And for a couple weeks, we had actually four people working out of this home office, one in each corner of the room, uh, while we built this this business. Over the past few years, it's expanded, and now we serve clients in fourteen of the fifty United States. And uh, we've won an, um, some amazing awards, number 147 this year in the Inc. 5000, multiple Business of the Year awards from our local area chamber okay. of commerce. Impressive. So tell us, for the benefit of those who are listening on our audio platforms and those who are watching the podcast, what are the basic services you do? You mentioned that you built websites in the beginning. But obviously, you're doing a lot more than that now. Well, that's what it started with, right? That's what a business does. It does something at the beginning, and over time, it probably does something different. Uh, For us, when it started, it was designing and building websites and logos and and graphics. And what it became very quickly was um, uh, we tell tell the story of FOS that uh, you can build a great island in the middle of the ocean. It has the most amazing food at it you've ever seen. It has the most amazing, cool, world-renowned rides that nobody knows about. And so that's what we did. We built really good oceans or really good islands in the middle <laughs> of the ocean. But what we found out quickly is that you gotta you gotta ferry people out to them. You gotta bring people to the island and say, hey, try out this food, try out this ride. And so that's what we became a marketing agency that helped to get people to 
a customer. To, to the clients that we work with. So I can understand why you and Jeffrey become good friends because not only is this man an outstanding attorney, and I'm not just saying it because I'm mm -hmm. sitting here, you are, but he's constantly thinking marketing, marketing. So I understand you're doing some work for, just, for the firm in that regard. We just talked about it this morning. 31 years you had of attending conferences and learning about legal marketing. So yeah. So for those of you that don't know, lawyers um, have these meetings, they call them marketing conferences, and we'll go for one, two, three days, and we sit around talking about how to reach people and get our message across. And it's really one of the most competitive fields, both in uh, website development and in other forms of marketing. You turn on the TV, and every friggin' lawyer in the world is competing with me, right? And, he, and it's like they're on, you know, they're on constantly uh, the same thing with billboards and buses and radio. But and, uh, there's only one law firm that's now the official community partner of the Florida Gators. That's Melvin Law. Yes, and, and, and we're very uh, honored that uh, the Gators have chosen us to be the official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, because we've lived in this community for 50 years now. Uh, the law firm's uh, established in 1971. And what greater honor uh, can you have when you live in Gainesville, Florida, than to be partners with the Florida Gators? It's pretty amazing. We go to the games. Uh, we saw it, you know, at the home games this year. And then at the uh, volleyball game, the women's volleyball game, it was on television. Tell us a little bit about that. You actually sent me a text and said, hey, turn on the volleyball game. Well, that's what we're trying to do is make sure that uh, folks know that we're here and that we're part of the community. And uh, Brandon, maybe you can talk a little bit about how your company is going to help Melvin Law uh, become the community law firm. Well, I, I love, I mean, Chris, you did such a good job even speaking to Jeffrey's history here. I mean, I, what, I, what I see and what excited me about working with Melden was this legacy of faithfulness, a legacy of investment into the mm -hmm. community. And I think for us as, as this creative agency, what we're trying to do is say, and this is, you know, if you're a business owner as well, this is what you do. You mine for a story. You look for a story that's worth telling. And then you mm -hmm. capture that in some form, written, verbal, visual, and then you get to tell that to as many people as possible. So what we're looking for right now is mining for those stories, mining for those opportunities, those, those moments, really, that spontaneously come up to say this, that what's about to happen is a story worth sharing. And then saying, how can we get in there, capture that, and share that with the community at large? Brandon, uh, there's been a huge amount of change, even in the seven years that you've been in business. Can you... Tell us some of the, you know, new ways of communicating uh, with uh, folks that you've seen just in your seven and a half years in business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I find really interesting is when I started, I remember when uh, a company or my company would add to a contract engagement, hey, for this extra upcharge, you can make your website mobile friendly. Like, I don't think we... We hardly ever talk about that anymore. Like mobile was a thing. Like, wouldn't it be cool? And then you'd see companies be like, ah, we don't need it to be mobile. For oh, yes, you do. Don't, don't worry. But yeah, we'll just we'll skip that, por that, that portion of the, the contract right now. That's just that you don't even talk about it now because it's so assumed. Right. In any market, we see usually 60 to 80 percent of traffic coming from a mobile device. You know, as far as what's 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 new, it's just the platforms in which we. I share was going to say that. You know, I have uh, well, I have triplets. They're twenty three years old, two boys and a girl. Wow. Well, the reason I bring that up is because they are constantly educating me about all these new apps, these new platforms. I didn't know about TikTok until about a year ago, and that, and Twitch, and all these other things going on. It's it's for a guy like you and your company. It must be just a daily, hourly thing, staying on top of all these new companies and then determining which is viable, which is not. Well, it's constantly, it's, it's not just that. Those platforms themselves change frequently as well. So the question for you, if you're, again, if you're a business owner is, what are the platforms that your clients are on? 
what are the ones that your clients are on? Because not every client needs a TikTok strategy. Uh, a client who comes to us and says, hey, you know, we're just really excited about the future. We, 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 need, a, we need a TikTok plan. They're a very different company than the one that comes to me and says, sure. like, how's LinkedIn going to help us grow? Those are very different platforms. And they say something about your brand. The brands that you choose to put yourself on say something about your clients and the people you're well, working with. Well, I guess like in so many other fields, there's no one-size-fits-all strategy. You have to look at each individual business that comes to you. They have individual needs. Their clientele may be unique. And obviously, I imagine that's what you do, is that you tailor your plan to the individual needs of the business. Absolutely. You know, we, we uh, Simon Sinek gave, gave one of the third, it's the third most watched TED Talk in all of history. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to watch it. It's called How Great Leaders Inspire Great Leaders. And in it, he drew this very simple diagram. Uh, three three circles. He calls it the golden circle. And, and in it, he says that every company out there knows what they do. You can't run a business without knowing that. But he says that few companies spend time thinking about how they do it uniquely. And this is really what we're, what we're getting at here is like, what actually makes you unique? That's a very difficult question, especially in a very highly competitive industry. But he says that the best companies out there not only spend the most amount of time thinking about why they do what they do, they actually start from that why and they market outwards. So how can can, uh, people get a hold of you. We've talked about you. We've talked about your background. Tell tell our viewers and listeners how can they find FOS? Yeah, so FOS, P H O S, P H O S, FOSCreative.com <coughs> or on Facebook slash uh, FOS Creative and on Instagram, same him, handle FOS Creative. My understanding also when I took a look at your uh, website is you do some uh, you do some public speaking, you do some motivational speaking, sort of like private coaching, that type of thing. What kind of advice would you give somebody, maybe like you were, you know, seven or so years ago, starting out whatever it is they may be doing? Maybe it's not digital marketing, who knows, whatever it is, widgets, you name it. What would you give by way of advice to a young entrepreneur right now? Yeah, um, the, the crowds that I have the privilege and honor of speaking to oftentimes are professionals. And so I'll speak to professionals who are a part of Melton and Friends here. Um, uh, I've had the opportunity to speak on a number of stages, 35 stages at this point, thousands and thousands of people. Uh, one of them was the Exact Tech Arena here in town, an, an amazing, amazing place. I think you, you're, you're their creative uh, <laughs> department. I, you, you work with them. I'm right? pretty sure you're, you're doing that intro next year. <laughs> for, for me, for, for an entrepreneur, for a startup entrepreneur, mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that I like to help people understand is that leadership isn't about rewards. It's about mm -hmm. responsibility. Great and point. And so when a leader <laughs> gets in, down. when a leader comes in thinking like, this is what I've worked so hard for. I can't wait to just sit back. You've got uh -huh. that completely wrong mindset. Okay, great. Well, I just want to say how much of a pleasure it's been having you on the show. I mean, you've got so much energy, so much drive, and I'm sure your clients are very, very happy with the work you do for them. And by all means, stay in touch with us. You're a friend of the firm, and the way this show is being oriented, you know, we're it's organic. You know, we bring people back, and you know, it, it just kind of rolls along. But I want to remind everybody that Melden Law is a statewide law firm. Our primary practice areas are personal injury cases, meaning motor vehicle crashes, big truck cases, animal bike cases, skateboard, pedestrian, bicycle, especially in a college town like this, almost anything can happen, and it does. We also handle criminal defense cases. Jeffrey has been doing this. Literally, we are in our sixth, sixth decade. We started in the early 70s. Uh, by all means, give us a call, 1-800-373-8000, or, and I pointed correctly last week, you, you can look at our website, www.meldenlaw.com, for a lot of information, up-to-date articles about the injury cases we handle, about our staff, the criminal defense work we do, and so forth. Again, thank you so much for being here, and uh, I hope we'll see you back very soon. My pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Brandon. We appreciate having you on. We will be right back with Melden Law and Friends. The Melden Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. 
If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. Hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This is Friday, November 27th, 2020. Jeffrey, it's can't believe four weeks till the end of the year. It's moving fast, Chris. I, I can't believe it. It seemed like uh, it was just the other day I was at your house. Uh, you and your bride had, gosh, how many people did you have over for New Year's last year? I think you had Patricia's whole family, it seemed like. Oh, yeah, we had a bunch. <laughs> but the, So the year started out you know, normal and wound up being the weirdest friggin' year of oh, my life. Is that the truth? Yeah, on so many levels, obviously. But, hey, we got through it. You know, as a firm, you know, we're intact. We've done well. And uh, knock on wood, 2021 should be bigger and better. Yeah, absolutely. What we've done is try to take... Uh, 2020 and really come up with new ideas and build for 2021 moving forward. And there's been a lot of changes in the law firm. Uh, you know, we're building our uh, new office in Ocala that should be done uh, in the next four weeks. And it's really something because I didn't realize till you brought it up to me on one of our earlier podcasts that you have been in the Ocala market for 35 years consistently. And we, of course, have already an existing permanent office there, but this is a whole new direction, buying an entire building and the great location. We want to service our clients better, and uh, they, they've known about Meldon Law for many years. Um, now we want them to find us. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, as we talked about last week and brought up in the first segment, we are now Meldon Law and friends. We don't want to just be a stuffy weekly podcast, a bunch of lawyers sitting around talking about the law, although we do some of that. But we have with us another longtime friend of yours. I think I'll just sit back and let you guys go at it. But uh, Mr. Ron Filippo, a man very, very well known in Gainesville, a uh, man that's been uh, certainly associated with the Swamp Restaurant and many other entrepreneurial activities. And welcome to the show, Ron. So happy you're here. Chris, thank you. And Jeffrey. My pleasure. Well, well, listen, go I'm going to start it off. Because, <laughs> so Ron and I only go back about 40 years or so. Um, our dear friend Terry Silverman, I think, introduced us uh, in the beginning. So when I first um, uh, met Ron, he was an entrepreneur in many different ways. And I think that um, you started out with this company called Leather Luggage. Maybe not your first venture, but... Uh, Correct. I, when I was that? that? What, what year was that? It was that? like 1974. And what, were, what was the concept? The concept was I started a company that manufactured luggage for private label people. And it was by accident, of course. And uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, starting in Argentina, and I ended up in Colombia, South America. And we were very successful for a number of years. We were so successful that Coca-Cola actually moved me from Gainesville to Atlanta. It was heartbreaking because I love Gainesville. And from 1980 to 1990, I went to Atlanta and it was a counter trade deal. And uh, I don't think they do them anymore, but it was, they bought whatever inventory I could produce and traded it for syrup in South America because they wanted to develop uh, third world countries to drink Coca-Cola and they didn't, and the countries were smart enough that they didn't want to pay for it. So they found a, an industry that they could incorporate mm -hmm. and bring it here. So I was under Coca-Cola's uh, umbrella and I had to be in bonded warehouses. It was interesting. And in uh, 86, the stock market kind of crashed and uh, my network and my sales commitment to the communities or the, or the country kind of collapsed. And uh, they wanted me to go in the fruit business in Central America. And I said, <laughs> luggage doesn't spoil, fruit does. <laughs> I have to work a lot harder. For those of you that went through airports in the early 1980s, you probably would have seen one of Leather yeah. Luggage's kiosks. It's a, I did. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd be, uh, you know, in the middle of the, uh, you know, 
gangway or whatever you call it at the uh, airport, and uh, it had a lot of his uh, leather luggage displayed there. I was a mail order business at that time when I went out on my own and developed my own product line. But prior to that, I made stuff for Samsonite, Buxton, and a lot of independents. But uh, the main thing was that the, in the airport, that was, I had the first 800 line in, in Florida for ordering Whoa. and stuff. And uh, it was very, very interesting. Jeffrey, being a, uh, a cutting-edge guy, could, can appreciate that. Well, so your 800 number was the, the first? It was the first one in Florida. What do you mean? Uh, for what? Leather when company? Eight, when 800 lines were first initiated. For anything. Not, yeah. just, anything? not just leather yeah. products, anything. Yeah. So tell us, how did you hear about 800 yeah. lines? And what year was this? That was like 1977 or 78. So how did you heard that? Well, they started 800 lines back then, and then MCI came in, and they were changing the rules at AT&T, and I really don't know how it all happened, mm -hmm. but it was offered to me. So we put an 800 line in. It was very expensive in those days for the for the network to... But it obviously made it easy for people to call you. They exactly. didn't have to worry. It was yeah. it. And they started it in, of course, like Los Angeles or New yeah. York. And in Florida, I just kind of grabbed onto it as quick as I could. I had a guy... It was very interesting that lived in uh, Palo Alto and uh, Victor Bacigalupi, and he had air, he had displays in airports, and he's the one that leased them. He's the one that told me about it, and part of part of my success is all word of mouth in those days. So anyhow, you had the distinction of having the first eight hundred number in the state of Florida. Correct. Wow. All and right. That, that's, that, that's that's, that's forward, pretty basic. Forward thinking. Well. <laughs> I have a short story because I got the phone number, the local number in Gainesville, 352-373-8000, probably 30-some years ago. And I said, how do I get the same 800 number, right? 800-373-8000. So I, I started dialing it, and it said that, um, the number was not in service. I go, oh, okay, that's a good start. And then I had to figure out, well, who was the company? So I dialed all the numbers that were close to that number, and I got somebody in Iowa. And they said, oh, yeah, this is my company. It was small, some small little company in Iowa that owned the number. I contacted them, and they said, yeah, um, we'll sell you the number. I said, well, what does it cost? He said, it was a dollar a minute. And which was a lot of money, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going, okay, but if, you know, if it works and people are calling the law office, then, you know, it's a good number. So I bought that number. Shortly thereafter, MCI bought the company, reduced it to 10 cents a minute. Yeah. And now I think it's free because of, you know, the way uh, phone systems work. We may pay something. I don't know. That's above hey, my pay grade. It's, <laughs> it's something you can't figure out now. As a matter of fact, to go back, the first thing I did when I, when I built the swamp was buy 3-7 Swamp you know, for, nice. for a number, you know, because that same genre. So well, we try to create you stuff. know, uh, I, I'd like to kind of move into that because for those of you that don't know, Ron Filippo is the founder of the Swamp Restaurant, which was uh, in Gainesville for, I think, 26 years. 25 25 years plus. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Five months. Five months. All right. So you're both <laughs> and, right. <laughs> and that, um, no, and the restaurant um, uh, was recently torn down. But let, I want to go back in history a little bit uh, to what, 1993, when you first uh, started sniffing around with the opportunity? Yeah, there was a fire there, and I was operating a place called the Silver Q downtown. And it wasn't really enough for me. And I said, well, if I'm going to do something, I have to do it on a bigger scale. And the swamp, I go, that's a great corner there. And hey, Where is the corner? The Tell corner us 17th and University. So it's Avenue. right across from the university. I remember yeah. it used to be Chaucer's when Chaucer's. I was a student here yeah, in the 70s and law school in the uh, early 80s. It yeah. was Chaucer's. I went by Chaucer's one day and they had a little front yard out there and a little gal was out there in pigtails selling chocolate chip cookies. I said, I'm not a marketing genius, but I think there's a little more to this. <laughs> They're really <laughs> capturing their market. So anyway, I... Uh, it was a, from a very strange family owned it. Uh, they owned quite a bit of property in Gainesville. And uh, they were a little tough to deal with because the father never believed in leases. He, when he passed away, I believe he owned a piece of property in every county in Florida. And he leases are tied to, to 
prices. So he, there would be a price on it. He would never put a price on his property if mm -hmm. he could upgrade or trade. He's a big trader. And when he passed away, a friend of ours handled the estate, Bob Stern, and uh, he said they were unrecorded deeds, so it was a nightmare for the family. Goodness. But they were very, very reluctant to give me a lease, and I got a short-term one, which was 15 years. And I rebuilt the entire place, and I didn't know what I was doing. I had been in the bar business with my brother a little bit, and I made luggage, so I was a little stymied. I handled a little bit of real estate that I knew. But I started designing it and building it as I went along because if I tore it down, there were other restrictions to build it close to this corner. I wanted the front mm -hmm. yard for what existed and ended up being one of my, my best-selling tools there for the, for the place. You know, but, as, as I recall, Ron, so Chaucer's was a, uh, a restaurant. I think it was breakfast and, and lunch. Yeah, and primarily so, breakfast and yeah, lunch. But, but when when the the building burned down, it was an old house, right? right? And it burned down, and I think <coughs> misers went to Chaucer's and say, "You fix it. We're not going to pay for it." Was that the deal? Yes. And then the, and then you came along and you said, "I'll I'll rebuild <laughs> the building, okay? But you have to give me a a long a long term lease." I've got the longest term I ever gave out, which was fifteen years, and uh, fortunately. Uh, the father had passed away, or he would have never allowed it. <laughs> Not fortunately, I should say that. Way. But uh, I re-engineered it and added decks around the top, if anybody's familiar with it. And then, of course, did the front lawn. And uh, the city was very cooperative in getting the building rebuilt because it wasn't really historic, but it had a, a presence. And uh, when I built the deck around the outside, I could expand it, I think, 20% of the footprint. And when I built it, they said, how much weight do you want the top deck to hold people? I said, well, the average guy weighs a couple hundred pounds. It stands at two, you know, stands at two square feet. I said, he had 16 ounces. I want to make sure he's got a drink in his hand. <laughs> Very classic. <laughs> so, you, but you, I know on game day, you you would do huge grosses. I mean, you told me sometimes you do $100,000 on a... Six a, figures in a day. In a weekend. Yeah. This no, is, no, the one day. In one day. And yeah. this is back in the 1990s well, and 2000s. Say, let's, let's regress here in the fact that <laughs> my timing and the University of Florida, you know, impacted me greatly. The national championships. I went to school here and uh, they have to bring Furman in for homecoming just to have somebody. I remember that. <laughs> I remember 10 and 1. Uh, I kind of morphed into uh, the business that we we're capable of doing mm -hmm. on game days because the first day I opened, the uh, Gator Bowl was played here rather than in Jacksonville because they were remodeling. That's right. They were, they were doing the stadium. Mm -hmm. So I literally built the place all year long and couldn't get open. And there was several events there that your Georgia-Florida game was here, Rolling Stones were here, and I kept missing these days. But I ended up getting Tennessee and Virginia Tech to play football in the, in the stadium. And uh, it was really a one day of really learning how crowds came to you. And they really bust people over. It wasn't even an event for Gainesville. It was really a Jacksonville event. And uh, for the if I didn't have that day under my belt, it would have been 95 before I even uh, got around to dealing with crowds sure. at that level. We're, okay, about to, yeah. we're about to cut to a break. I'm getting our, oh, I got our director, producer, to ask is, is, is sending me up. Well, we'll be back, though. That's the great news. We'll, we'll be back. We've got a couple more segments with our buddy Ron. You are watching Melden Law and Friends. And boy, is that the apropos name for today. Today is, of course, Friday, the 27th of November, 2020, a special Thanksgiving edition we have a huge game tomorrow. Gators playing Kentucky, 12 noon on ESPN. But if you want to learn more about Meldon Law, take a look at our website, www.meldonlaw.com, or give us a call anytime, anywhere in the state, 1-800-373-8000. We just learned this man had the first 800 number in the state of Florida, so thanks to him, we've got an 800 number. Call us anytime, and we'll be happy to take your call. You'll talk to either Jeffrey Meldon, Carrie Meldon, maybe me, someone else. We'll help you out. Thanks for watching the show. We'll be right back. I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 
16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know what a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville, Florida, and also with offices in Fort Lauderdale and Ocala, Florida. We specialize in personal injury cases, meaning that we handle everything from automobile accidents to pedestrian crashes, big truck cases, animal bites, slip and fall, and we also do criminal defense. So take a look at our website, www.meldenlaw.com, or give us a call anytime, 1-800-373-8000. A legal professional will take your call. We'll try to steer you in the right direction. So, Jeffrey, uh, it's been a great show so far. We had uh, a great first guest, and now we've got your longtime buddy, Ron Filippo, talking about the swamp. But one thing I wanted to ask you right off the bat, we talked about this off the air is it true that you actually changed the name of our area to Midtown? When I was a student, it was the ghetto. That's what everybody called the area around there by, you know, 17th and University where the swamp was and all those businesses. When I tell people I live in that area now, in the interest of full disclosure, one of his tenants, by the way, <laughs> uh, they say, oh, you live in the ghetto. And I say, no, no, it's Midtown. So why don't you explain to everybody how that change came to be? Well, I had a business downtown in Gainesville, and that had its identity. And then it was, of course, the mall area. And then uh, Archer Road, which was Butler Plaza, was out there. And those things were just developing in the 90s. Well, downtown was already there, and so was the mall. But Butler was really creating that up mm -hmm. there. And I can't say that I thought of it. I, I came from Atlanta, and there was a <laughs> section of town called Midtown up there. And I said, it lends itself to this area. And I said, let's give it an identity. And in an article that was in the Gainesville Sun in 94, when I was getting ready to rebuild the swamp from Chaucer's, I mentioned it in there. So I have documentation I should get credit for. <laughs> I like that. Well, so Ron, I was around, hanging around with you during the time that you were actually rebuilding this building, okay? And I know you were trying to raise money, and the costs kept going up and up and up. Okay, now the rumor was that after you sold 100% of the interest, you kept selling interest in the building. Is that true? Bugsy Malone. <laughs> we know what happened to him. Actually, uh, that's partially true. <laughs> I did, hey, we're I all did, friends here. I did sell off a bit of it, but a lot of people were very uh, unsure that it would be successful. I, a, I didn't know anything about uh, the food business. I'd been in the bar business a little bit. And... Uh, Food was challenging. I Fortunately, I hired a consultant that helped me that worked for Steak and Ale and uh, Fridays and was a good restaurant guy. He was from Dallas, Texas, and he came here and really helped me. But it, it, was, it, was, it was very, very hard to uh, raise the money to do it. And uh, every time I got to another point, I, you know, it was a struggle because I didn't have a budget. And when I did the lease, they took so long to get the lease done, and I was racing to get open for football season that year. And fortunately, I told you I got open for the last game of the year. It was on December 30th, and it happens to be my birthday. And, uh, and that, now, so Blacksburg, uh, Virginia, you had a contact. Was, was it uh, Pete? Pete Cacherius and I grew up together, <laughs> and he had a bar and restaurant there called PK's. And uh, he said, if you can get open, I'll bring you 2,000 customers. And I said, okay, send me $5,000. Literally, uh, at I don't know what time the game was, 4 o'clock or whatever time it may have been, uh, we got open like two hours before. And there were people waiting outside. We had to have an inspection. And uh, it, it, I'm not sure what day it was because it was a bowl game. But uh, it, uh, it had people standing outside ready to go. And then as soon as you get your... Uh, your CO, your certificate of occupancy. I had the beer guys ready, and they were bringing in cases, and we were making food and bringing it out, and it was it was it was quite an ordeal to get that. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask was um, about over the years the collection of me memorabilia on the wall. I know um, 
all of the dazzlers and the famous football players and everything. Um, how, how did that uh, collection uh, evolve? Well, I had a lot of kids that worked for me, and we're part of the university. And I know that you guys do uh, volleyball as well as football, basketball, and the majors. I really, uh, Andy Brandy was a friend of ours, mm. and he had the tennis team. He had national championships. And I really liked the national championships. And I would have lunches for them when they did it. And I said, all I wanted was a signed poster. And at the time when I built the swamp, I barely had enough money to build it and put <laughs> glassware in the place, let alone any kind of art. So I started framing a lot of different uh, dazzlers, volleyball teams, softball team, jerseys that were given to us. But primarily outside of football and basketball. There was some baseball stuff at the oh, time. Oh, wait. I got a, a very important question. <laughs> Tell us the story about how you... Uh, Got came up with the name The Swamp because it was right at the same time, I think, that Spurrier wanted to call Florida Field The Swamp. And wasn't there some interaction going on with the university there? There was quite a bit at the time. And uh, <laughs> uh, a ticket person that we know uh, was kind of instrumental in getting that name. And he said, we should call it that. And we talked about it. I was going to call it the Alligator Cafe or something. Nah. Gator Lines or something. Swamp's better. And then we did <clears> Swamp. <throat> and then, of course, Spurrier named it Swamp. But they didn't. I don't think at that time they had uh, trademarked it. Well, and, and I was using it for quite a while. And then I got in a little trouble when they did trademark it because they made me go to Swamp Restaurant rather than, you know, Swamp. Mm. But but uh, they, they I, allowed you to use the Swamp well, I Restaurant. Was, I was kind of first. It's a different yeah. stream of commerce, I think you could <laughs> argue, I, but I, I be have, that as a matter. I have to <laughs> really thank Steve Spurrier for all the stuff he did over there and the things that happened at the University of Florida in my uh, time at the Swamp. I mean, my timing was impeccable. So, Ron, I've got to ask the question that everybody wants to know. You had to close down because of what's been going on, you know, be building these giant apartment complexes. You, you were in the news almost every day, it seemed like, talking about it. So for the benefit of uh, maybe some viewers who are not in Gainesville, maybe give us a little bit of history briefly about why you had to close and what's on store for the future. Well, um, for the last 10 years, I haven't had a lease. Okay. I was once a month because my uh, landlords felt that they were going to do something with the property. They always said they would never sell. Mm -hmm. So uh, 908 Group out of, I think they're out of Tampa, but uh, Austin, Texas, they came and approached them and ended up buying it. And uh, they, of course, they came to us because they wanted us to be an anchor tenant for them and also, you know, any kind of backsplash they would get from eliminating uh, an icon place that's been there for 150 years, but uh, 25 actually. But uh, uh, they, they, given me a very favorable offer to go back in there and do it. And uh, fortunately for me, I own some property behind it, so I had the opportunity of selling them my stuff as well as part of the deal. And I'm 71 years old next month. I'm not sure what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it, to be honest with you. I'm having knee surgery in January, and after that I'm going to make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to be going skiing this year? Now, I haven't skied in a couple of years. So Ron used to have a great apartment right in the middle of Aspen, Colorado. And I got to stay there free um, most of the time. Once in a while, he'd charge me if I brought my daughter and all her friends and stuff like that and kicked him out. But we went skiing so often, and it's one of the great memories of my life. We've had great times together, Jeffrey. I, I cherish your friendship. I, I love your energy. Uh, I think in the Jewish community, they call you a mensch, you know, which is a, a person that is always supportive and very positive. And uh, I have to give Jeffrey like the three F's, you know, his faith, his family, his friends, and even his firm. You know, so four F's. Four. But uh, he's, uh, he's been instrumental, and it's my pleasure to have him in my condo. <laughs> we have to over and over and a little bit together. Well, you know, it's funny, yeah. Because uh, Ron and I, um, we would have our route. We'd go from, uh, you know, one restaurant to the next. Well, was it Pacifico or something? And then we'd go to the Hotel Jerome. And then we'd go to, uh, I don't know, the Ritz-Carlton, whatever that was the called. Room. 
The Wrinkle Room. Wrinkle Room. I don't even want to ask. <laughs> no, 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 no. There, there was a, a famous place in um, Aspen, Colorado. Uh, it, it was a, um, a hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the name of it? The Jerome. No, no not the Jerome. Well, the other one is uh, <laughs> Nell's. Little Nell's, yeah. Little Nell's. It's a famous hotel right at the base of the mountain there. And people with a lot of money would go there, okay, so there were a lot of um, older women who were divorced and single. So Ron tells me we're going to the room. God only knows where this is going. I'm telling you what, I think I'll step back and let you guys reminisce. So, but it was a really nice bar there. And uh, yeah, and we were younger then. So we were like, you know, kind of cool, you know. Oh, you're still kind of cool. Come on. But anyhow, the... Um, you know, the swamp has a very, very important place in Gainesville history because, you know, you go to a game, it's, you know, three and a half hours, but the time before the game, the time after the game, a lot of uh, Gator fans, their memories uh, are, you know, coming to Gainesville and going to the swamp and uh, afterwards. And how does it feel as far as uh, looking back at 25 sure. years of uh, giving that to the Gainesville and uh, Gator community. I had some great kids work for me. I've had tremendous people come and come there with their families and, you know, eat, drink, and be merry, and they'd have a great time. The thing, most of all, was uh, the community that we built. I think that by the time it's all said and done, I'll probably have a governor at least out of the place that probably washed dishes for me. <laughs> and uh, they, they're the ones that really created the whole atmosphere, even my employees. And, being older in the room, I uh, I was kind of more of a figurehead. Not I didn't have that kind of presence like my younger, good-looking guys that worked there and stuff. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, my wife and I were in New York and we were in a hotel, and uh, the girl I gave her my credit card and said Swamp Restaurant. She goes Swamp Restaurant. So I go yeah. She goes the girl works here. She says she got her first kiss there, her first drink, it was, you know, her first everything. She loved the place. That's all she talks about. Did you ever have any weddings or anything oh, like that? Oh, yeah. We had uh, Alberta and Elbert get married on the back deck. <laughs> I have to ask, you also had the notorious incident, I remember, the uh, Tim Tebow and Aaron Hernandez. That was pretty crazy, but you got through that. Mm-hmm. It was an uh, interesting <laughs> time, and uh, I think uh, – uh, Patterson wrote a whole chapter on the place in his book. That, uh, he said it was the biggest incident. Uh, Hernandez was the biggest incident since uh, O.J. Simpson. And uh, it, was, it was a little dicey back then. And uh, But I think the bigger point is, though, your place, like Jeffrey said, is so iconic. I mean, you have such an embedded, irreplaceable place, I think, in Gainesville history. Um, and I'm sure that from your staff, we probably will have a future governor, and we probably already have many representatives Dr. and senators. And we have a uh, secretary of uh, uh, agriculture and consumer services, Nikki Freed. I'm sure she'd been there a lot, so yeah. I'm sure many, many others. So when we, when we come back from this break, I'm going to um, ask Ron about his notorious uh, holiday parties in which... Uh, I don't want to spoil the, the punchline, so I'm going to just uh, turn it back to Chris, and we'll finish up yeah. when we come back. I'm going to ask you probably a little bit, too, about uh, things that are going on today in the restaurant business, how people are coping you know, with COVID and so forth. You obviously have some thoughts and observations about that, so we'll talk about that and lots more when we come back. You are watching Meldon Law & Friends, our Thanksgiving week edition. Today is Friday. November 27th, 2020. My name is Chris Qualman. I think I just now introduced myself, but I think my name's down there somewhere. And I work for Jeffrey Meldon. I am the chief investigator and manager of pre-litigation. And Jeffrey, of course, founder, president, CEO, managing attorney of the firm. We handle personal injury cases, meaning motor vehicle crashes, big truck cases, slip and fall, trip and fall, premises liability, dog bite, Anything involving injuries that were caused by the negligence or carelessness of another, please give us a call. Uh, trust me, Jeffrey knows what he's doing. He's been doing this a long time. We've got an outstanding staff. We've talked about them on past podcasts. We've got people who've been with the firm going on more than three decades. So you can't put a price on that experience. Give us a call at 1-800-373-8000 anytime, 24-7, or check us out on the internet, www.meldenlaw.com, or, I keep forgetting to say this, 
pound hurt, pound H-U-R-T, pound 4878. We will be back for our fourth and final segment with our good buddy, Ron D. Filippo. Thanks so much for watching. I was driving behind a lady and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road. And when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had two herniated discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melton fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no whenever I called him and asked him for something. I was riding as a passenger in my friend's vehicle. A fellow ran a stop sign and we T-boned him. Had neck and shoulder and knee injuries and didn't know what to do. And I remember seeing one of Jeffrey's ads. So I gave him a call. He explained everything to me. I'd go see him and everything was done. Everything was taken care of. Don't waste your time with anybody else. Go see Jeffrey. Hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with three locations. Our primary office is in Gainesville, but we also have an office in Ocala and in South Florida. It's in Fort Lauderdale, but it covers the entire South Florida area. Dade County, all the way down to the Keys. We truly are a statewide firm. Absolutely. <laughs> you, uh, If you haven't seen it already, in our last podcast, which is available on the Meldon Law YouTube channel, or you can take a look at our Meldon Law Facebook page, we have interviews with <laughs> Kerry Meldon, partner in the firm, Jeffrey's son. He manages and operates the Fort Lauderdale office, and he goes into a lot of detail about all the work we do representing clients all throughout the South Florida area. So whatever your issue may be, even though we primarily handle injury cases and criminal defense, we'll do our best to steer you in the right direction, whether it's a property case, domestic relations. We don't do that type of work, but we'll find you somebody who does. So no matter what your question may be, give us a call toll-free at 1-800-373-8000. So during the break, our director and producer reminded me that uh, actually quite a few other people, you know, politicos, politicians, people who have high office in the state of Florida, you know, certainly have been regulars at the swamp. Our Secretary of Commerce, Jamal Sowell, Sewell, Sowell, who's a friend of yours as well, um, former SG president, I'm sure a regular at the swamp. And you were talking about Aaron Andrews even, who <laughs> was a regular and got to know you pretty well. She's a great girl and uh, proud of her for what she's done and what she's accomplished. But, you know, she was one of the gals that hung around the swamp and had a great time and kept everybody together, I guess. Well, she she's a, a, had an amazing run of uh, success. Great and, career. Uh, you know, probably the foremost female sports announcer uh, in the country right now. And many others, Laura Rutledge and others, I'm sure they, at one time or another, all sat on a bench, sat at a table at so, the swamp. So, uh, Ron, tell us a story about how you came up with your, uh, I call it the Hugh Hefner persona for the holidays, and what you did with all the girls that worked there. Um, every Halloween, I, I, I love holidays, anything, Christmas, Hanukkah, do anything that has anything going. And I said, uh, I've been open a couple of years, and I go, let's have a big Halloween party. And they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be Hugh Hefner. I've got all these beautiful girls. I'll put you in bunny outfits. They're going, no, no, it's sexist. We're not going to do it. So finally, three or four of them said, we'll be happy to. <laughs> so I came over to my house, and they all got dressed. My wife and I were there, and they put on their bunny outfits, and we had photographers there. And I got a big limousine. I put my guys in tuxedos, and I actually... Uh, embellished a story that said Hugh Hefner was coming to Gainesville and was going to be at the swamp. So I had, I don't know, seven, eight hundred kids at the place hanging off the rafters. I pull up in the big limousine and they, the bouncers in tuxedos open the door and say, Miss January, Miss February. They're clapping and yelling and they go, and here's Hugh Hefner. And I think I had a radio station doing a podcast there. And, uh, I got out. The place went crazy. I, they were going nuts. I had to buy everybody drinks in the whole place. But after that, everybody fell in line. And every Halloween, the girls would we come up with a theme, and uh, the girls would you know dress up. One year, I it was in '07. I was James Bond, and they were all Bond girls. Uh, the most interesting man when they had that commercial, uh, mm -hmm. Doctor Feelgood. Uh, uh, 
Captain Morgan. So I we're going to have to put some pictures up. We talked about this before the show, but uh, I know you brought some photos. We're going to have to dig up some of those and put those in post-production. I, I, have, I have a photograph of good size, I don't know, 12, 14 by 30, and I hung them in the swamp, and every year I would change them out. So, of course, the swamp was shut down, so I put them in my attic, and I wrapped, a, I wrapped them up, and I put a note on it, and it said, if you find these, I'm probably dead by now and I'm not in a better place. <laughs> Deep well, those, time I, capsule. I always looked forward to what the theme was going to be and I know uh, it was a collaborative uh, uh, effort, right? Uh -huh. they, all, they picked the outfits. There was a, there was a Frederick's a Hollywood kind of magazine, and they would pick the outfit. Because if I told them to wear something, you know, as risque as they wore, <laughs> I'd be arrested. But, so, uh, Rob, let me fun. ask you this. Um, so you've been just kind of sitting back for the last several months, just kind of watching as things unfold. You know, it was uh, unconnected to the whole COVID thing. You know, your, your restaurant was closing down because of the building and the development. But now you're sitting back watching what's going on to the restaurant business, the bar business. You're seeing this whole thing with the pandemic. What are some of your thoughts about that? Um, it's affected the industry terribly. And uh, the, uh, the main thing is that the gathering is, is crucial for kids. I'm very, very sorry that they can't have the college experience that we all normally had, especially with winning teams and you know all the other stuff that goes on at the University of Florida. But... The restaurant business has changed dramatically, and it will probably continue probably till third quarter next year, I think, if they have the vaccine. But everybody's worried about social distancing, but they still want to be out, and they still want to. I mean, we are uh, hunters and gatherers, and uh, <laughs> gathering not necessarily food, but gathering together. And even this Thanksgiving will probably be a barometer to see what happens individually and also socially. But... It's uh, it's something that's really, really going to have to be addressed because the restaurant industry really uh, benefits a lot of people, you know, whether it's just somebody no being a server it, yeah. and, you know, earning an income. That's, it, it, you know, it helps students, you know, yeah. pay for their college education. I mean, so many, you know, work in the food service and hospitality industry. And like you said, it's not just for the benefit of the students, but, you know, you have families, alumni, uh, the townspeople. There are many of us. I'm now one of those. So you're right. It, it just has such a rippling effect. What are your thoughts about where this is going forward? Well, I think that it'll be fine after they sort it all out. But in, in the meantime, a lot of the industry will be hit, especially independent operators like myself. Chains are affected by it, of course. But uh, there's new restaurants that are being opened in town here. And... Their timing has to be right. They also have to have protocols that are in place for them to be able to make people feel comfortable in their places, whether it's, you know, washing things down and sanitizing and also how you're serving people. I mean, everybody hates a drink in a plastic cup, but now everybody <laughs> wants a drink in a plastic <laughs> cup, you know. So everything everything changes, and it's it's part of America. We're, we're, we're very resilient. And the way we modify our behaviors is very, very important. And younger people are, you know, they're like we were when we were younger. You know, we're invincible. And uh, they'll, they'll figure it out. And uh, I really, really hope that things get better in this country. For well, I wanted to also mention, uh, speaking of younger people, that um, Ron's daughter, Lauren, uh, is an incredible filmmaker and uh did some of the best Meldon Law TV commercials that we ever had. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Lauren and what she's up to? My daughter, I only have one child, and uh, she's 36 <laughs> years old, and she's actually pregnant. Um, wow. yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so been, you're going to be a grandfather very, for the very, first time. I'm very excited about that. And, I got uh, you beat there. I've been yeah. one for six years, Ron. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jeffrey's been there as well. Yes, he has. But uh, she's, uh, you know, a University of Florida graduate, which I'm proud of, and NYU, and then Stanford, and documentary filmmaker, very successful. She just had a film accepted into uh, uh, South by Southwest in Austin, wow. Texas. But she had one there last year, too, but it, it got canceled, so you couldn't go. But uh, she's had a new film called Red Heaven that just premiered in the, in the New York City uh, Film Festival. And... Uh, 
she is working on another one with Alvin Ailey, the dancer in sure. Harlem. Oh, sure. The she's doing a film. She's doing a film, very interesting, in Kenya about uh, uh, income, artificial income, where you receive money every month, and it's a 12-year program that they're doing. But she did. She was here teaching for a short period of time, and she did some commercials for Jeffrey. I think, I, I don't want to say it was the beginning of your advertising thing, but she's very happy the way your success has gone. And uh, you should probably have her on here next week. <laughs> I'd love to. We, we I mean, will, sure. I, I remember uh, a while back, back uh, Ron had a, place on the ocean over in Ormond Beach and uh, Lauren put together uh, a documentary about Ron's funeral. Was that uh, what the topic she, was? It was Ron's her funeral. It was her graduate film. It was called The Hereafter and it was a nine minute film that uh, went to a bunch of film festivals. I got fan mail from it. And it was a Viking funeral. I hired University of Florida archers. We put a boat out to sea. We had a big party and uh, it was pretty wild. But it was cool. I um, the you know the idea that uh, you know Ron didn't want to miss out on the party I thought was uh, quite innovative. <laughs> uh, no, no doubt about that. I have to say this has been one of the most interesting and entertaining episodes of of Meld and Lawn Friends we've had since the outset. I want to remind the viewers or listeners we are available now on many different platforms. We are available on YouTube. You can take a look at the Meld and Law YouTube channel. You can find us on the Meldon Law Facebook page. We are also now on Spotify, Apple Music, a number of others I'm not remembering, <laughs> but I'll remember them later. What you can do, though, is go on our website anytime at MeldonLaw.com or perhaps go on the Facebook page at the Meldon Law Facebook page, and you'll have all the information at your fingertips about where you can see these videos, the podcasts archived all the way back to the very first one we did. Gosh, it's almost been about a month and a half. Time just sort of buzzes by, doesn't it? It's really um, exciting to see the development of our podcast. And we want to thank everybody okay. that is uh, watching and listening to our podcast. Uh, it's really exploding right now. South Florida, North Florida, all over. And we're trying to uh, bring you some interesting shows that uh, uh, kind of have a, a little gator feel to them. And uh, let everybody uh, know uh, what's happening in the community. So we want to thank everybody for supporting uh, the Melden Law and Friends podcast. And uh, every uh, week, we're going to try to bring great guests like uh, Ron DiFilippo uh, to you. So, Ron, we didn't get a real conclusive answer. Will there be a new swamp or not? Are you just thinking about it? Not sure. Will there be a new Swamp restaurant? There People will, want there, to know. There will be a new Swamp restaurant. Okay. okay. That's all I can tell you right now. That's good enough. <laughs> I, I That's want to good thank enough. you guys for having me. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of everyone in this room, particularly well, Jeffrey. And uh, he is uh, kind of in the same light as myself. And I'm not trying to compare us, but you have to oh, really I will. reinvent yourself. <laughs> and Jeffrey's done that several times. And yeah. we're Barnum and Bailey. It's like you've got to you got to put the show on. You've got to be able to, to do it. And I know he does it every day with his clients and with his he help does. and everyone. And I, I appreciate knowing you, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Ron. It's our pleasure having you, and uh, we look forward to uh, many more uh, times together. Well, like we said earlier on this show, uh, this is very organic. It just kind of flows. Um, it's Melden Law and Friends. We had your old buddy, Dr. Pete and Delicato on a couple of weeks ago. We promised him he'll be back, so we're, we're going to do the same with you. We'd love to have you back. I'm sure you got lots more to tell, but I think people want to hear about the future, too. So. I'm sure by the time we bring you back, maybe we'll have some further thoughts to share on, on that. Again, we want to thank everybody for watching this now the fifth episode of our podcast. It's now Melden Law and Friends. We are on multiple platforms. You can Google us. You can find us through a Google search. You can find us through a YouTube search. Find us through a Facebook search. And again, want to emphasize that we are a statewide firm with three offices not just Gainesville, but also in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale, serving the entire South Florida market, handling personal injury cases as well as criminal defense cases. We're fully staffed down there. As you know, we've got not just Kerry, but Tanner Demery, a full staff down there, handling literally everything we do in Gainesville, right? Yeah, and it's really exciting. Our South Florida 
um, offices are really growing. There's a lot of action down there, and we want to welcome all our viewers from South Florida to Melden Law and Friends, and we hope to uh, see you back again next week. And we are, of course, as we said earlier, the official community sponsor of the Florida Gators. We know we have a lot of Gator fans down there in South Florida, just like we do Gainesville and Ocala. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I love that word, absolutely. I'm trying to come up with a synonym. But you say it so well, so just keep saying it. <laughs> but anyhow, absolutely. We're going to be down there in South Florida, and uh, we want to welcome everybody when you come up to, uh, you know, Gainesville and visit the Gators. We will have another show next week, the first Friday of December. We're still working on the guest. It'll be somebody big. That's all we can say. We're working on it. But on behalf of Jeffrey and the firm, my name is Chris Qualman, a co-host. This is the real host of Melden Lawn Friends. And we've got the big game tomorrow in the swamp, Florida versus Kentucky. Hopefully the Gators' win streak will continue. Kentucky's always played us tough, you know, the last couple of years. But um, I think with uh, well Kyle is doing and Tony and everybody else, um, hopefully we'll, we'll have another big win. Okay, it's ready for a wrap, Chris. What do we say? Go! Go! Thanks for watching. Catch you next week.